Welcome to another edition of Flea Market Fantasy, the world's second greatest Bronze Age era comic book podcast. Joining me as always is new Mike L, Kevin Jake. What happens when a group of supervillains stop being polite <laughs> and start being real? <laughs> you get the secret society of supervillains. And today we're reading yeah. issue 10 from 1977. Again, I never heard of this book until a few months ago when I was researching potential books to read. And I said, Secret Society Super, this sounds awesome, you know? Yeah. It's the villain version of, uh, you know, Super Villain Team Up. Yeah, this seems great. Yeah. But, uh, theory, it really it wasn't. Sounded, no. <laughs> it wasn't, no. <laughs> no, it wasn't. This not. was terrible. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, like, I feel like we've read books that were technically inferior to this, but still, this ranks among one of the, the least fun <laughs> Books I've I've read, I feel like. And again, the culprit here is Jerry Conway, who we <laughs> had such esteem for him before I started doing this podcast. <laughs> but it's been downhill every time I read one of his things. But anyway, yeah. and also the artist is Dick Ayers, and uh, we'll talk about them later. But uh, let's before we get into the book, let's remind everybody, if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. We're up to 117 subscribers. Ooh. I think yeah. that's up from last week. I don't even know. Yeah, I think we gained at least one. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Incremental growth. You yeah. figure Slash Maraud would have brought him in. You know? <laughs> I know. Well, again, nobody knows what Slash Maraud is, so. <laughs> that is a problem. Hopefully that got the word out. <laughs> you know, you type in the old uh, keywords there in YouTube. Who, uh, you know, the, the more popular a phrase is, the more people will find it. No one's searching for Slash Maraud, you know? No, nope. even your video about are you a fuzz licker, I'm sure, probably. <laughs> not a lot of keywords in that one. <laughs> I get searched a lot. Probably not. <laughs> or at least they don't get what they expect when they search for that term. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we appreciate the sports support, so thank you very much. And all right, let's get into this, Jank. Uh, Secret Society Supervillains. It premiered in May 1976, and it ran for 15 issues before people came mm -hmm. to their senses. <laughs> it ended in July 1978. Now, July 1978, that was a time called uh, the DC Implosion. Yeah, me, Mike Allen and I talked about this before. But I guess uh, earlier that year, DC released a bunch of new books because they wanted to take over the market share by releasing a bunch of new books. And they said, this will do it. And that failed horribly. <laughs> so then they had That's to release a bunch of books, not worry about the quality. Make books that essentially feel like they were made in the Silver Age or possibly even Golden Age. and <laughs> That's what this was, exactly. So this yeah. book, so uh, a lot of books got whacked in the DC implosion. This technically I don't think was part of the implosion, but it gets mixed in with it a lot because it got canceled shortly after. So <laughs> whether it was or not, I don't think it technically it was. But, yeah, at this time in 1978, a whole lot of DC books went away. And, uh, yeah. This was one of them. You can see they why. Actually, they actually had uh, issue 16 and 17 done, and they were ready to print, and then the series got canceled. So this, those issues still exist, and they, sometimes they're collected. If you can find like a collection of these books, good luck with that. Nice for the, for the yeah. two fans who like this book. <laughs> so Jerry Conway created it as an evil justice society, and that was the uh, inspiration there. And the original team included Captain Cold. He's a Flash guy, right? With the yeah, sure is. One of the 
I think he's, he, I would call him, you know, Flash's arch nemesis, maybe, except for reverse Flash, but. And that pretty much tells you all you need to know about Flash. Your arch nemesis is Captain Cold. <laughs> then we have, uh, An Gorilla. Old man in a parka. <laughs> gorilla Grodd, the, uh, big yeah. smart gorilla. We've talked what about him. In, yeah, that's right, because we talked about him in a Flash <laughs> book. Mike Ellen and I did. Yeah. Uh, Star Sapphire. That's someone we've never talked about here on the show. We'll get into her I later. She may have, I mean, maybe during the Green Lantern episode, she may have been touched upon when Pete was telling us about the different color spectrums. Uh, she, I believe, is part of the violet uh, spectrum. Yeah, for love. But we'll get yeah. into that in a second. We'll talk about her in detail later. But, yeah, I was going to say, too bad Cousin Pete's not here. Hey, let's just call him. Let's cold call him. Yeah. Let's see if he's... <laughs> See if he's happened to read this villain of Secret Society of Supervillains. <laughs> uh, Manhunter was also a part. Uh, Mirror Master. I have no idea who that is. Ooh, he's another Flash guy. <laughs> with the rogues. Copperhead. <laughs> telling me this about a story of, of him from uh, later on, I think, in the run, where uh, Mirror Master was doing, you know, cocaine off of mirrors. And that was. <laughs> <laughs> you can't show that. <laughs> That's against the comics code. What is yeah, this was, you know, this was after the fact. This is probably 2000s when nobody cared anymore. You can do whatever you want. Uh, a copperhead. He's like a snake guy. I don't know. <laughs> you ever encounter him? Yeah. Uh, no, I feel like there's a Marvel villain named Copperhead. Yeah. That's... Marvel had a snake for everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Every snake. snake they covered. Yeah. <laughs> hey, here's another cousin Pete favorite, Sinestro. Oh, yeah. Shadow well, sounds like a much better team than what we have in this issue. <laughs> Shadow <laughs> Thief. Who the hell's that? Shadow Thief, huh? Not a clue. <laughs> and then a guy named the Wizard, who we see in this book as well. He's like a magician, I think. Yeah. So Did we that see are... him in that Superman and Man Bat thing? Was he the guy in the thing like shooting lightning at Superman? No, no, no. That was uh Atomic Skull. Oh, oh no, you're talking about the uh all-Star Squadron one. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, That yeah. was Dr. Doog who was shooting the lightning at Superman. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> but but we, there was a giant, like, magician-looking <laughs> fella, but he it was not Wizard, though. It was uh, Zoltan or something like that. Cause remember, oh, it was closer to Zatanna. Yes, because yeah. I thought, is this Zatanna's daddy? And you're like, I don't think. So, <laughs> anyway. All right. So the uh, original group was assembled by Darkseid. And they were called the Brotherhood of Crime. And he got them all together because he planned to use a deadly nerve gas to hold the world for a ransom. But the villains, <laughs> uh, led by him, that sounds like something Dark Side would do, right? Yeah, because <laughs> when you're ruling some other planet in some other dimension, what you want is Earth money. Lots of Earth money. <laughs> but the, uh, the villains, uh, led by a Manhunter, they said, hey, wait a minute. I think this uh, dark side fella he doesn't seem like the nicest guy. I think he wants to enslave humanity. So uh, <laughs> they revolted and uh, defeated dark side. But it really wasn't dark side. It was a filthy robot. It wasn't oh, the real dark side. <laughs> but they figured that dark side he was controlling the robot, you know, from uh, Apocalypse or whatever that planet is that he rules. And uh, so once they defeat him, they said, you know, we better stick together. Not only can we help each other fight our uh, respective uh, superheroes, but we can also stand guard against that filthy dark side. So they're kind of, <laughs> kind of heroic. Yeah, some, some noble I intentions, I guess. That's something. Uh, so what can you say? 
But uh, the group operated out of the Sinister Citadel in San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You think the mailman would catch on at some point if he's delivering packages to the Sinister Citadel? (laughs) Hey, Superman, you might want to look into this. This doesn't look look so kosher. You're ordering a lot of cold guns. Conway neglected to include the team's headquarters in the first issue he did, and he turned it in. It was all ready to go. And uh, the editor-in-chief at the time, Carmine Infantino, he said, hey, what's this? The villains don't have a clubhouse. Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) This isn't good. He's like, hey, this isn't going to fly. You got to redo this whole issue. (laughs) And uh, so Conway had to, like, rewrite the whole issue and had to redraw it and everything. And uh, so there was a delay. So then Conway couldn't do the next couple issues because, you know, clearly these are works of art. <laughs> this is high quality stuff we're doing a little bit here. So uh, he couldn't do issues two, three and four. So a, a fella named David Anthony Kraft scripted those issues off of Conway's plots. And then after issue four, Conway and Kraft both left D.C. This was when Conway went back to become Marvel editor in chief. Oh, remember that brief period? Because he was editor in chief for like uh, six weeks, I think. He <laughs> he did not stay long. <laughs> he was the William Henry Harrison of editor in chief. <laughs> well, look at you <laughs> with the historical reference. But for those who don't remember Jerry Conway, just real quick, uh, he was the kid. He was 19 years old, and he took over writing the Amazing Spider-Man from Stan yeah. Lee, <laughs> which is just mind-boggling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I still, yeah, cannot believe that story. It's insane. So uh, then even here in like 76, 77, whatever this is, he would have only been like, what, 23, 24, somewhere around there? An editor-in-chief. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. I don't know when he came. Or no, he was probably later, older than that, huh? Yeah. But still. Well, kind of much older, yeah. He couldn't have been 30. Yeah, he's probably in his mid to late 20s. But anyway, yeah, he becomes the editor-in-chief. And then he, he, like I said, he only lasted like a month or so. And then he said, I've had enough of this. And then I think he went, he goes back to DC apparently. Cause then by issue eight, he's writing this comic again. Yeah. Wow, and that's a brief tenure. Yeah. <laughs> you're already, <laughs> you're already able to pick up a series that only lasted about a year. <laughs> yeah. And I think, cause I think he stepped down and then he went back to just writing for Marvel. But then I think he was writing technically for both companies. And then he came back here. So I don't know. But he was uh, from like issues eight through 14. He did those issues. And then a fellow named Bob Rosakis, he did issue 15. And Bob Rosakis also did the issues when Conway was away. So he did issues, what was that, five, six, seven, and then 15. And so the artists who worked on the title were uh, Pablo, a bunch of them, Pablo Marcos, Rich Buckler, Mike Vosberg, Dick Ayers. Again, that's always a sign of a good book. When you have 15 issues, you have more than four artists and multiple writers. Yeah. Top-notch work for everyone, clearly. Sounds like a cool idea, in theory. Yeah? Yeah, it sure does. I'm sure it could be done well. I mean, there certainly have been many books since about villains. Obviously, The Suicide Squad jumps to mind, but that was very successful. Um but, yeah, there's definitely good ways to do books about villains, but they have to be written better than this. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, uh, you know, some incarnation of this team have, continues to pop up through D.C. throughout history, I guess. Um, 
huh. you know, whenever they need a storyline. Oh, the secret society's back or whatever. Yeah. But, um, and I think they like, do that with Slash Maraud. <laughs> yeah. We need more fuzz liquors in here. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about some of these people involved here. Uh, Star Sapphire. Uh, we mentioned her. And the Star Sapphire we're dealing with in this book, her name is Ramoni Notra. Mm. And she, she, her first appearance was Secret Society of Supervillains issue one, 1976, created by Jerry Conway and Pablo Marcos. The first Star Sapphire was Carol Ferris. Yeah, she, that's right. Well, you actually know her name? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, she is uh, essentially Blake Lively's character from that oh. Carol Lantern movie. Uh, yeah, she was kind of the uh, the love interest of uh, Hal Jordan for a while there, even though they were kind of villains when she was in her secret identity there. That's right. She was a businesswoman, pilot and love interest of Hal Jordan. And there is an alien race called the Zamorans. who They're like these uh, tall, slim warrior women with blue skin and purple hair. They chose Ferris to be their queen and they gave her the star sapphire gem. That granted her mental powers and stuff, but it also took uh made her crazy, made her kind of loopy. And they also, I guess, brainwashed her. And so she thought Green Lantern was her enemy when she was Star Sapphire. Of course. And, yeah, she was fighting with the Green Lantern all the time. But then uh, she snapped out of it and she rejected the Zamorans. And she says, I don't want to be your queen. And uh, I don't know if she gave up the star. But then later she became a good Star Sapphire then, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's kind of been back and forth. One of those characters that switches back and forth a lot. Uh, So the Zamorans, then they recruited this Ramoni Notra lady. Apparently, all the Star Sapphires have to look alike. Yeah, kind of like Robin. You got (laughs) to find a young kid with, like, black hair and looks like a young Bruce Wayne. (laughs) Got to find a foxy brunette. You can be Star Sapphire. Uh, But she comes from the planet Pandina. That's an excellent shampoo, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> and she decided to be their queen and uh, she accepts the star sapphire but i guess the star sapphire it's some ancient gem or something and there's like five of them i guess it's been broken up into five bits and when she finds out there's four others out there she wants to collect them all you know so pokemon cards that's right so she heard that there's one on earth with carol ferris so she wants to come to earth to get that other gem so that's what brings her to Earth, and that's why she's in this here comic book. Wait, so she's not from Earth originally? <laughs> no, she's from Pandina, the oh. shampoo planet. <laughs> they just happen to look exactly like Earthlings. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> On a planet of foxy brunettes. And they said, all right, he wants you to be the new Star Sapphire. So, yeah. And I guess uh, she kind of talks with a French accent in this book. Right? Like, oh, I didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> All right, well, at least uh, at the beginning, like, oh, I think that was in this book, because I went back and I read, like, issue one, so I, maybe I, yeah, you know what, maybe that was in issue Yeah, I guess one. she might have dropped the accent by this point. Well, she only spoke <laughs> with it when she was, like, in her, uh, she had, like, an alter ego, where she was, like, a normal lady, and then uh, she, she spoke with the French accent, and then she turned into Star Sapphire, <laughs> and then she apparently didn't speak with the French accent, but anyway. All right, uh, so that's, uh, that's, Star, that's Star Sapphire. But, yeah, I guess at some point then these Zamorans, they took this gem, uh, one of the sapphires, and they made like a little lantern, just like the Green Lanterns. And they became like the, the, saf- the Star Sapphire Corps or whatever. Yeah. Just like the Green Lantern Corps. <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly. So. Yeah, in one of the seven spectrums. 
and their purple color is love. Because I think originally Star Sapphire, like the the evil Star Sapphire, she she like was out to get revenge against anyone who ever wronged a woman. Ooh, yeah. So <laughs> we'd be in That's big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, there you go. Good old I don't Star know Sapphire. Anyone, so <laughs> I'd be safe. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and I think these Zamorans, if I read this history properly, yeah, who's the guys that started the, uh, ma- who are the, the elders of the universe or the mass, who are the guys who started all the Green Lantern nonsense? Oh, uh, the guardians of the universe, I think. Yes, there it is. Yeah. That's it exactly. The guardians of the universe. All right, so they, they come from a, a race of people like the Owens or something like that? OA? Yeah, always the planet, yeah. Yeah. And on. they, like, way long ago, uh, these fellas, they decided, hey, we gotta be the guardians of the universe, so we gotta watch over. And because, you know, they're so busy being guardians of the universe, they, they didn't have time for their ladies anymore. So their ladies said, hey, we're through with you, we're gonna go find some better dudes out there. So they broke off and they became the Zamorans. Oh, okay. So, yeah. That seems <laughs> it turned into like some kind of a Wonder Woman <laughs> island situation? Kind of, pretty much like that. <laughs> Yeah, Zamorans, it's kind of like Amazons in space, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Another villain we need to discuss, Funky Flashman. Yeah. <laughs> Are you familiar with the history of Funky Flashman? Uh, no, I'm assuming it's Funky Flashman. <laughs> uh, F- Funky Flashman. <laughs> because... Flashman. <laughs> uh, his first appearance was Mr. Miracle issue six, 1972. And he's created by Jack Kirby. And he's basically a rib at Stan Lee. Oh, look at that. This is, yeah. Funky flash, man. Like he's a, he's all glitz. He's a huckster. He's a salesman. No real substance to him. Substance. Wow. To him. Oh, <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, he's a con, he's a con man and a huckster who worked for a rich fellow named Colonel Mockingbird. And when his, when his employer died, Funky Flashman took over the estate, including the butler, whose name is House Roy. Do you know what they're going for there? <laughs> yeah. Roy Thomas. He's making fun of Roy Thomas. And then, uh, but oh, then he eventually. Man, Roy ran... Thomas comes up every episode of this show somehow. I know. It's like the Roy <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> but, uh, then Funky Flashman ran out of money. So he, uh, needed to, find new income sources so he tried to become the manager of mr miracle and uh then he eventually became the public relations officer for the secret society of supervillains <laughs> that's how he gets in this book here and he in this book he looks like uh sonny bono yeah yeah, yeah. i totally see that yeah the mustache <laughs> and the little Looks like he's got a bad wig, possibly. That's that's exactly it. He is bald and hairless up top, <laughs> but oh, he wears a fake. Originally, he had a beard and a fake beard and mustache and a goofy wig. Uh, so now, he, in this issue, he just has the mustache. Now, while he is like a rib at Stan Lee, the original inspiration for the character was actually a fella. I think his name was uh, Dave Wallace, I believe. And this is according to uh, Mark Evanier. Who, of course, uh, from Guru and sure. DNA agents, and we learned when we did our Demon issue that he was Jack Kirby's assistant uh, back in the seventies, mm-hmm. and he says that uh, Kirby and Evanier and a couple, a lot of other comics people, they did some works for a company called Marvel Mania International, which was a mail order company that sold licensed Marvel products. 
And the guy who ran it, he was a jerk. And he didn't pay people. Like, Kirby did a bunch of posters for him, and he never got paid. And I guess Evanier got stiffed. So they were trying to come up with characters. Uh, Evanier and a couple other fellows said, hey, why don't you just uh, parody this fella? You know, base a character on him. So that was the original inspiration. But then when Kirby started creating the character, he just uh, was really sticking it to Stanley. He's like, you know what? I'm just going <laughs> to. He's like, who am I mad at this week? <laughs> I'm really just going to uh, dig a knife into Stanley there. And House Roy the butler is, a, like we mentioned, Roy Thomas. And he looks exactly like Roy Thomas. <laughs> he has his glasses and everything. <laughs> yeah. Pretty interesting wow. there. So that's, that's the, cool. That's the background for Funky Flashman. All right, there. Now there's a hero in this book. Is it Uncle Bubble? <laughs> no, it's not Uncle Bubble. This book? <laughs> Why was he even here? The, the trickster I don't guy. No. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, the, yeah, the trickster from the Blue Devil book we did a few months back. He's in this one too. But the hero is Captain Comet. I think at the end of last week's episode, I called him Comet Man. Yeah. That was my yeah. bad. That was, that was a totally different guy. <laughs> this is Captain Comet. Yeah, I guess he's in the military. His first appearance was Strange Adventures issue 9, 1951. He dates all the way back to 1951. His uh, creator was Julius Schwartz, uh, John Broom, and Carmine Infantino. It took three men to create Captain Comet. He was <laughs> introduced at a strange period in comics history. It was after the Golden Age, like when superheroes were a thing. But before the Silver Age, when they came back, and uh, sometimes this brief period is called the Atomic Age, when it was nothing but like sci-fi and horror and stuff like that. So that's when yeah, he made that's... his debut. But he is one of the oldest mutant metahumans in comics history. I guess Namor is technically the oldest mutant. Yeah, although when did they start calling Namor a mutant? I don't remember yeah. that being a thing until way later on. <laughs> yeah, they may have retconned that to make him the oldest mutant, but yeah. uh, either way... Uh, he's this Captain Comet fellow is one of the earliest, and he was uh, he became a meta or his because DC they call metahumans. Yeah, but it did seem weird they refer to him as a mutant in this issue. Like <laughs> they're yeah. flat mutant. Yeah, Marvel no mutant or metagen. So he uh, became a metahuman when he, during his birth a comet flew overhead, and it triggered his metagene. So. <laughs> Sure, it's a painful delivery for the mother. But either way, <laughs> that's how he became a metahuman. Yeah. And he's kind of like Doc Savage. He's like the pinnacle of human evolution. You know how Doc Savage like trained his mind and his body to become the peak human specimen? Kind of like <laughs> Captain Comet, except he cheated. You know, he, he did it like, yeah, because he's a metahuman. Not with hard work like Doc Savage. So he has a genius IQ, photographic memory, telepathy, telekinesis, which he uses to fly around. He's also somewhat clairvoyant, superhuman strength, and endurance. And he teams with a fellow named Professor Zachro, who designs a different tech form, including a, a stun gun and a spaceship. Why don't you design some technology for me, Jank? Come on. <laughs> um, I created one called Skype. Not working out. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> Go back to the drawing board on that one. All right, so that's uh, Captain Comet. You sound like a big fan from this book, right? You want to read all you can about Captain Comet now? No, he was pretty lame, surprisingly I'll, lame. I'll say this about <laughs> Captain Comet. 
he sure can take a beating. They were just beating the hell out of him in this issue. <laughs> Gorilla Garage was smacking him around. Yeah, for a guy with so many powers, like, you think he'd do more. Yeah, he sure can't take a bump for Gorilla Garage. Yeah, he's pretty good. So, all right, that's, uh, I think, all the background I have on this book. I think that's plenty, right? <laughs> what about oh, the Creeper? Oh, uh, well, we've talked about him many times, right? Oh. He was in, maybe. Uh, yeah, we talked about him at least twice. I think the one issue you picked, remember you picked that dopey Justice League where Green Lantern gets punched by Batman? Oh, yeah. And then I sadly yeah. wasn't here. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Bob Myers filled in for you. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. You picked it and then didn't read it, which is the one. <laughs> but yeah, that's, we talked about the creeper there. Jack Ryder, I think is his yep. name, right? Yeah. Newsman Jack Ryder. But he's the creeper. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, let's look at this cover, Jack. Why don't you describe it for the people? Ooh, it's uh, it's not a very attractive cover. <laughs> I can't say that I enjoyed any part of it. Um, it's got some DC kind of just circle up in the corner. Uh, no real corner box or anything to speak of up there. Um, they kind of sandwich in the, the issue number and the price off to the right side there. Uh, and we get a, a pretty lame logo, the Secret Society. Yeah. Uh, the Secret Society is in like a little banner. It's very standard looking. And then Supervillains is kind of your basic block letters that don't look particularly fancy. So yeah, it's not weird. a lot of effort there. I don't like how they, uh, yeah, the little banner at the top, yellow with uh, green letters, the Secret Society. And then the Supervillains, like you said, it, it's kind of, I guess Superman has a similar thing, right? The letters are coming out, yeah, at least yeah. in the movies. But look at the villains, like they just cut it. Like, there's no black beneath <laughs> the letters at all? Yeah. It's weird. It's very, like, Schoolhouse Rock is what it reminds me of. <laughs> yeah. It's not very exciting. No. And they left, like, all the stuff behind it. They left a lot of space for this logo and stuff. And, like, it's just a lot of red back there. But there's no reason to. It's not really filling up the, the space enough. And it's just kind of, I don't know, pretty lackluster. Yeah, just the way things are, uh, it even looks like there's too much space between the P and the E, but I think it's just an optical illusion just because there's no shadow back there. But, uh, yeah, they could have done a better job here with the, the logo. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's uh, pretty disappointing. That's so good. But, uh, then yeah, set against this red sky, we got a, uh, we got Captain Comet just getting his ass whooped by everybody <laughs> at once. Star Sapphire is like shooting her Star Sapphire beam at him and I don't know what it's doing exactly. Uh, if it's paralyzing him or just zapping him, one of the two. Uh, but the wizard is also using his, his magic wand to blast him and then Gorilla Garage is punching him right in the face. And it kind of just looks like Captain, uh, Comet's wearing a diaper um, <laughs> with the white yeah, underpants. The white underpants is not a good look. Uh, every once in a while, wrestlers try to go for that. No, it's not a good look. Don't, don't worry yeah, about no. trunks. All that the Walter White. So, <laughs> yeah, we should mention Star then Sapphire. We, she wears her gem on her forehead, like in a little uh, crown or something. Yeah, like a tiara. Yeah, there it is. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, uh, there's, there's, there's a big uh, text box that says, Who gave the secret order to kill Captain Comet? Was it Star Sapphire, the wizard, Gorilla Grodd, or someone else? Oh, no. Really, I don't think anyone gave the order to kill him. He just kept showing up, and they kept fighting him, and, and nobody <laughs> ever kills him. So, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Captain Comet, he becomes like the recurring hero in this series. Um, he didn't start that way, but I don't know what issue he came in, but he's a recurring hero for, I'd say, the back half of the run. 
occasionally an actual hero will show up, <laughs> like Green Lantern or Superman <laughs> or something. But until then, Captain Comet steps in. Stuck with Captain Comet. Like, who doesn't have a book and can we just use as a punching bag for these villains? <laughs> and we should say that the cover is drawn by Al Milgram. And, yeah, it's not the best, you know, but uh, it's got a big gorilla punching somebody, so I like it. Yeah. I mean, Garad looks kind of cool, but the others just look pretty bad. <laughs> oh, Sapphire, she uh, got them thigh-high boots. and uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we should say she's got, like, a pink outfit. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, All right. Supposed to be like, like the violet spectrum lady, but she's very yeah. much dressed in pink. <laughs> it's really yeah. not looking very purple. <laughs> yeah, white gloves, uh, white belt with a star symbol on it. Like, and uh, so, all right. Now we open up the book, and uh, this story is divided into chapters. Yeah, four chapters. Yeah, I don't I know if there's surprised. a reason for it or why <laughs> yeah. they had to do it exactly. <laughs> they did it. And, yeah. Kind of superfluous, but yep. Yeah, the uh, Secret Society of Supervillains Triumph and Treachery. That's the name of this. And we get a nice splash page here of Star Sapphire flying in to the Sinister Citadel. She's coming in through the window, I guess. And we see Wizard, the, uh, the Creeper, uh, Funky Flashman, and uh, Garod are in there. And we should say the creeper, even though he's pretending to be a villain here, he's not. He's a good guy, you know. Yeah. Yep. He's a, he's undercover, trying to find trying out to what these guys down. They got to figure out. He's got to figure out who their boss is. You think the secret society would have a better, like you know, uh, background check here on the creeper? They <laughs> pretty poor at vetting any new recruits, you know. Well, I think the creeper has kind of been a villain at one point, right? Like he's yeah, kind of, I guess. Yeah. Like he, he loses control of his mind essentially and does villainous things. So I guess it yeah. makes. They caught him peeping in Star Sapphire's bedroom window. <laughs> he's a bad guy. So yeah, he's with the secret society now. And what is she telling these folks, Jank, when she comes in? Because I read this like a week ago and I don't remember. Yeah. Gosh damn, um, about this book. <laughs> So she says she followed Captain Comet as they agreed, tracking him to legendary Lemuria in the South Pacific. They found out, oh, yeah, in Lemuria, Aquaman and the Atom are there, but none of them are important. But their friend Gene Loring is. Apparently the Atom's fiance, Gene Loring, has all this power all of a sudden, and they're very interested in that. Yeah, Gene Loring, apparently she can make, uh, like, earthquakes and stuff and natural disasters happen just by walking around or something. <laughs> I don't know, that's weird. And Lemuria, like, uh, L-E-M-U-R-I-A, I believe that's, like, an ancient city, like, legit, right? And, like, because um, mm-hmm. it's also in Marvel. Yes. Yeah, both <laughs> Atlantis and Lemuria are both yeah. on kingdoms in both worlds. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah, for Namor that. and for Aquaman. So Yeah. All right, so yeah, they got to go get this uh, Jean Loring lady, and because uh, they want to see how her powers work, how they can uh, use it, and they say, "Yeah, let's go kidnap her," you know. Mm-hmm. And Funky Flashman seems to think that's a good idea. <laughs> and yeah, and, uh, it doesn't seem like a great idea. Like, let's go kidnap a superhero's girlfriend because she's <laughs> like, why don't you round up some other supervillains who would want to be part of your group? <laughs> So uh, Funky Flashman dispatches uh, Creeper and Star Sapphire to go kidnap Gene Loring. Yep. So that's where they go. And meanwhile, Gorilla Grodd, 
he grabs Funky Flashman and throws him in front of a big computer. And he says they want to try. I think they're trying to assemble these different artifacts. Someone is paying them to yeah. uh, collect like five different items or something. And the one they're going after in this issue is like an, a cloak of invisibility or something, right? But apparently so. Superman threw these things into space at one point, and now they've come <laughs> back. What the hell, Superman? You can throw them a little harder. What are you doing? <laughs> Candy arm. All yeah. right. <laughs> he was not born in Pittsburgh. Not <laughs> <for> an <laughs> so, so they uh talking to Funky Flashman, and he's like, uh, well, how are we going to get get these things when, uh, you know, we just sent half of our team uh somewhere else, you know? And mm-hmm. he's like, hey, don't worry. Wizard's there with him. And uh, they say, we're going to go. Garage just grabs Funky Flashman. And he says, we're going to go get them ourselves. So the three of them yep. go out. You're coming with us, which, I mean, that doesn't solve your problem. Funky Flashman is useless. Yeah, so. what's he going to do? <laughs> I don't know. And we, and we should say he dresses kind of uh, garishly. He's like a green pinstripe suit, black shirt, yellow tie. Mm-hmm. And, again, he looks just like Sonny Bono. Uh, it's supposed to be Stanley. All right, so now chapter two. I don't know. Like, did you pay attention to the titles of these chapters? Because I don't know what they were trying to say. Because they never really made any sense. I think it's a reference to like the Mickey Mouse Club or something, right? Because it's like, who's the leader of the band? Oh, okay. There you go. See, that's All killing right. you and me. Am I seeing anyone? <laughs> All right, I got oh, you. I see. Uh, All right, so there's a. Uh, we see uh, Captain Comet flying in, and he's got a red outfit, uh, like blue wristbands and boots, and uh, bl- well, here he's got he's got black underpants now, or at least still, uh, yeah. <laughs> so apparently on the cover, he just I don't know, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to speculate on what he did to that. <laughs> and he's got like blue fins on his shoulders, no mask or anything. He's a brown-haired uh, white fella, and then he's got a uh, like a comet logo on his chest. Although it looks like a sun more than a comet. <laughs> sure does. Yeah, it's yellow, bright yellow. And he's going to Star Laboratories because he thinks that they're going he thinks they're going to go looking for the invisibility blanket or whatever here. Is that what he thinks? Yeah, yeah. And this book's this references so many other books. Like, yeah. oh my god, every other panel oh. there's an asterisk with go see and this book. I mean, one thing if it was this, you know, other issues of this book, but it's like every book DC makes. Like, you don't need if you're putting a, like a marginal book like this. What do you need <laughs> to reference every other book? <laughs> yeah, because I guess these villains popped up in other books, you know, so they had to like, yeah, I don't know, say when these events happened or whatever. I, I don't know. So, uh, Captain Comet's staking out Star Laboratories, but who else is there, Jank? Uncle Bubble. <laughs> yeah, the trickster. Watching from a distance, yep. <laughs> Why? Yeah, what's he here for? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. But he, he's thinking in his thought bubbles, we find out that apparently he was helping uh, Captain Comet and Kid Flash recently in this very book here. So, I don't know, like, is the trickster even a villain? Like, every time we see him, he's helping out the heroes. So, I don't even know if that's, if he's been misclassified or what. Like, this is all fake news. The trickster is bad. He seems like a good, good guy. Well, is he? Because he doesn't help Captain Comet at all. He just sits there on this hillside. Yeah. I mean, he's cowardly, but he's not actually helping the villains. So, that's something. 
like Gorilla Grodd, <laughs> Wizard, and uh, Funky Flashman, they have this flying drill ship, like a drill bit on the front, and they just zip right through Star Labs and I guess grab the clothes <laughs> they're flying through. I don't know. Seems <laughs> like that's what happened, right? And yeah. uh, so they fly through, and Captain Comet's like, oh, I got to uh, beat these fellas. So he uses his mental powers, his telekinetic powers, to throw a bunch of rocks down at them from a cliff <laughs> there. And so that, like, slows down their ship. But then the wizard uses his magic wand, and that's not a euphemism. It's an actual magic wand. And he shoots a bunch of lightning at uh, Captain Comet and zaps him, but good, you know? But then Captain Comet says, well, no, no, no. So think. Yeah, yeah I've, I've got a telekinetic shield around my body. You didn't bother me at all. And then he punches the wizard, KOs him with one shot. But then what it's happens? Like an old man, it appears. So yeah, he yeah. Just with the elderly. <laughs> so uh, but what happens now though to Captain Comet, Jack? Oh, he gets he's gonna get now because Gorilla <laughs> grabs him by the foot and starts bashing him into the wall. This is my he doesn't even need a psychic power. He's just like, bam! I'm gonna beat you with my gorilla strength. He swings him so hard into the rocks there and the the cliff that his uh, underpants turn white again. Look at that. His underpants are white. <laughs> Man, yep. I love when a monkey just grabs somebody by the ankles and smacks them into a cliff. This is awesome. Big fan of that. And Uncle Bubbles, they're like here just, oh, man, those guys play <laughs> tough. I'm out of here. I I'm know. Gonna... So <laughs> what was the point of any of this? I have no idea. No idea. Unless he comes back, like, in a major way in a future issue, this was completely pointless. Yeah, so he just leaves. And uh, so that chapter ends with uh, Captain Comet uh, KO'd on the ground there. And now we get Chapter 3, and we see uh, Star Sapphire and a Creeper flying into Lemuria. And uh, each chapter also you get a big shot of, like, uh, fancy – titles for the the heroes like you'll see star sapphire in big letters with a star above the eye mm. creeper like their own unique uh, headers or whatever but uh still isn't enough to make this interesting no all right I guess star <laughs> sapphire is protecting them with like her you know powers i guess because they're in the in the ocean here <laughs> so, yeah i think that's what's going like, on you know giving them the ability to breathe under there yeah. She does mention she traps the Lemurians in air bubbles, so I'm assuming she can do that for them as well. Yeah, she freezes some of the Lemurians, and then she puts some in a bubble, and uh, then they fly down there. And now we come back to Captain Comet, and he's putting, like, uh, iodine on the cuts on his head. <laughs> oh, Gorilla Garage. Blast it, ape. I'm tired of taking his bruises. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. In this it's, world, Don Matt, he don't spank the monkey. The monkey spanks him. <laughs> it's just awesome. <laughs> Putting the eye down with the little dropper on his forehead. All right, and then he turns back into his uh, alter ego. What, what did we say his name was? I don't know if I even said his real name. But he, he's dressed as a, a – I think I just know him as Captain Common. But anyway, mm-hmm. he's uh, he's a fella here now in a suit. I guess his mental powers, he can just change into a suit. With like a turtleneck. It's an interesting look. Yeah, classy. <laughs> then he gets in his car and he's driving around and uh, I don't know where he's going. But now we come back to Lemuria. He's like, I picked up a mental image in one of their minds. Of oh, yeah, the, that's right. Where they're going to be taking all the treasures, too. So I'm going to beat them there. <laughs> and then we come back to Lemuria and we see the Adam, uh, Ray Palmer, right? Isn't that his name? Yep. I think so. Yeah. And he's looking at his uh, lady friend, Jean Loring. Now, apparently, Jen, I, I want to make sure I follow this properly. But I guess the atom shrunk down to a wee tiny size, climbed inside her brain. Yeah. Yeah. 
and tried to cure her from, but instead it put her into a coma. Is that what happened? <laughs> yeah, apparently got a little too zap happy there and destroyed her brain. So, <laughs> wow, why did that plan it work? Better. <laughs> you think just crawling around in someone's brain and destroying things would work? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Uh, so, so anyway, he's just looking at Gene Loring and he's, uh, you know, oh my, my poor love. At what a cost, you know, uh, that I, I may have killed you. And then the creeper just comes running in and socks him in the mouth. <laughs> yep, just one cold cock and he's out. Man. So they kidnap Jean Loring in her comatose state and uh, the Adams KO'd. And now we uh, cut back to uh, there's a hard cut. And now we see all the villains are now at their place where they hid the uh, all their treasures. Because like I said, they've been collecting these five items, whatever mm-hmm. they are. And didn't they just like uh, bury them in an abandoned lot somewhere? Yeah, it looks like a construction yard. There's like a crane in the back, so they must be mm-hmm. digging up some land there, and they just kind of dug a hole in there. I guess they were planning to come back before they built a building on top of it. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so they dig up the little box where they have all the things in there, and there's like a big gem, and it looks like a glove of some sort. Yeah, some kind of power glove. But uh-oh, Jank. Captain Comet shows up. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> what does he now do? How fierce he is. An opponent he can be. You're <laughs> <laughs> getting his body pounded into the, the cliff. And uh, Funky Flashman, though, while everyone's distracted by Captain Comet, he grabs all the items, right? And he jumps in that little uh, drill car that they have. And he's yeah. going to escape. But the creeper is creeping after him. And uh, he's going to... You know, hitch a ride and keep up with them. But then we see Star the Sapphire. To whoever the leader is that's been financing this whole operation. Yeah, we don't find out who it is, right? Yeah, we no. Find that I, don't know. I don't know if anyone does, actually, when I think about it. Like, when I was reading up on it, it seems like a lot of <laughs> loose ends were just like, like, I don't think they ever resolved the Gene Loring situation. Or they had to have, right? Somebody just, must have, but not in this book. Yeah, yeah sure. Like, the, yeah. <laughs> the Adam's yeah, fiance, yeah. they had to touch back on that. So, uh, but then, you know, the series got canceled and, uh, I guess a lot of things were unresolved from what I understand. But anyway, so old, uh, Captain Comet comes down and he, he punches Gorilla Grodd and, uh, but then Gorilla Grodd punches him and, uh, Gorilla Grodd just KOs him again, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this is a monkey that's tough, man. I like this guy. Yep. <laughs> Gorilla Grodd. And again, he's got the white underpants on. Are they always white? Yeah. There's a bunch of different ones. It keeps changing them at will. Yeah, I guess. So Star Sapphire is about to just kill Captain Comet, right? Yeah. And, uh, but Grodd says, no, you can't kill Captain Comet because that, he's part of my master plan. I need him. <laughs> this is one yeah, of those things that was not resolved. I don't know. <clears throat> I, I, oh, really? I, yeah, I do remember because I read some article where someone looked at the whole series and I know for a fact this was one of the things that was not resolved. Why Grodd oh. needed Captain Common alive or what was his master plan. But if it's one thing I like, it's a monkey with a plan. <laughs> so Gorilla Grodd won't let the Star Sapphire kill Captain Common. And again, we leave with Captain Common just with his head in his hands on his knees, just <laughs> defeated. This guy takes a beating. What a jobber. <laughs> so now we see uh, Creeper though he's still creeping after uh, old uh, Funky Flash Man 
and he he sees uh and the creeper transforms back into his Jack Ryder uh yeah. persona. It's molecular transmuter. Yeah, this <laughs> this come in handy. And again, he's another guy just a suit coat and a and a, a turtleneck, it looks like. Yeah. I must have been all guys at the same store. <laughs> <laughs> and he sees Funky Flashman putting all the uh, items into like a, a locker. Where are they at? The train station or something? Yeah. The bus station? Putting it in there with Gary Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> On the right track. <laughs> I love a good yeah. Gary Coleman reference. <laughs> and But he notices that Funky Flashman drops the key on the ground. Which is weird, yeah. right? Yeah, that's not what you want to do. That's not very secure. <laughs> so, so then like five seconds later, the uh, wizard comes along and he picks up the key. Mm-hmm. I don't want to tell them how to do their business. But... <laughs> Maybe just de- like if he's delivering, why is this even happening? Because the wizard was there at the site with him anyway, right? When he responded yeah. with the items. I mean, I'm and assuming then, Funky Flashman doesn't know that the wizard is the one coming to pick this up. Okay. Yeah, like the the, the wizard got other secret orders from the boss saying, "Hey, go pick this up," and he didn't tell Funky Flashman about it. I'm assuming. But he told Funky Flashman to steal the items. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he just tell <laughs> Funky Flashman to bring the items to him? <laughs> I guess he oh. always needs, you know, buffer between. Yes, for just this yeah. reason. Because the creeper follows him, and they catch the wizard, and then they take the wizard to the cops, and he says, hey, I'm just picking stuff up. Yep. I'm not the, uh, I don't even know who this is. <laughs> there you go. It seems weird that the cops would even care, you know? <laughs> 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 Keep your superhero business to yourself, all right? We got things to go here. You want a weird, kinky sex glove? Go <laughs> ahead. You can have it. <laughs> so Jack Ryder, the old creeper, he's like, he doesn't know what's going on, right? He's like, man, Jack Ryder wanders into the balmy bay night and reaches a fateful decision. It's been good playing the creeper again, but my usefulness with the society is over. Captain Comet can clean up the rest of that gang. I don't think he can. No, yeah. <laughs> <Chance>. <laughs> this in the wrong hands. <laughs> so he says, I'm heading back to Gotham City. There's more than enough crime there for a man to battle. And I think at long last, the creeper is ready to begin. And he starts laughing because <laughs> that's what the creeper does. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so Batman doesn't need as much help as the comet. So I'll <laughs> stick the, around here. See the creeper's new adventures in world's finest comics. And now we get an epilogue. Time, one hour after midnight. Place, the secret citadel. And, uh, oh, what was I calling it? The sinister citadel? Maybe it's just the secret yeah. citadel. I, don't know. I think it's the same. Okay, that's, that's slightly less, uh, you know, yeah. the mailman would have a slightly less problem with that, I guess. <laughs> and then, uh, he says, hey, that's strange. Uh, someone, uh, you know, who turned out the lights? I bet it was Cher. No, Sonny Bono, it wasn't Cher. <laughs> he turned the lights on. And who is it, Jank? Why, it's the new secret society run by Gorilla Grodd, apparently. Yeah. Uh, he has a new group here, apparently yeah. consisting of Star Sapphire, uh, Sinestro, I think Bizarro, yeah. uh, Poison Ivy. I'm yeah. not sure who the guy is. Yeah, the... this is the one I wanted to see if you knew, because this guy, who the hell is this guy? I guess it's Angleman. Like from Spider-Man <laughs> a little bit. Angleman is who this Angle. is. Angle. Are you familiar with him at all? No, I'm familiar with Triangle Man from the <laughs> They Might Giant song, but 
Not Angle Man. You're the only one. I uh, know this is <laughs> Angle Man. And I think what his gimmick is, if I read this properly, he has some sort of a gun that he shoots people with, and it turns them to a 90-degree angle towards our reality, and it puts them in a different dimension or something. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I wish it just, like, you know, twisted their spine to a 90-degree angle or something. I don't so know. It's, just like, it's something like that. Back. That'd be cool. I have, I have no idea. Angle Man. But anyway, uh, yeah, he's like the new secret society. And then uh, Poison Ivy says, face it, Flashman, you've been phased out. And then old uh, Funky Flashman just choke. Yeah, that's all he says, choke. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah. So then uh, we look at the, the bottom here, Jank, and uh, there's a little uh, message here. Need we say it? To be continued, but not in the next issue of Supervillains, for the conclusion of this story featuring, and there's all kind of gibberish. And yep. it says, well, there's an asterisk, and it says, pick up the Secret Society of Supervillains special on sale August 30th. If you value your sanity, don't miss it. So <laughs> then we go down below that to see what the asterisk is there for. And it says, for Funky Secret Code, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Funky Secret Code, <laughs> S-S-O-S-B, <laughs> DC Comics, Inc., 75 Rockefeller Plaza, New York, New York, 10019. How many people do you think? Sent in for funky <laughs> code. Uh, I think there were three people reading this book, so <laughs> maybe one of them did. <laughs> yeah, because all right, I'm, I'm just trying. I don't know when what month this issue came out, but they're saying that Secret Society of Supervillains special. I think that the actual series is called like DC uh, Special. I think is actually the name of the series, and then like this. Supervillains one is just one of those issues because I did track it down and look into it, but it says it comes out August 30th. So how long do you have to wait to get the conclusion of this story? Because right, couldn't you, you find that, out who's that in that code. issue? Yeah, like, by just reading it. By the time you send in to get the secret code, they send it back to you. You know, you decode yeah. things. That issue's already been out for like three months. Because, you know, <laughs> everything took like six to eight weeks back in the day. Yeah, sure did. And if you look at this code, like the, the coded uh, words here, it makes no sense. Like, it's clearly not just like a letter for letter substitution because the first one is QQTGJ. <laughs> I don't know too many words to start with the same letter, you know, back to back. That's rare. Yeah. Unless you're finished. <laughs> That could be tough. So now I'm thinking, like, maybe it's a swap of letters, and then you have to rearrange the letters to get a word. But even then, looking through them, that still doesn't make sense. Because when I looked at that issue featuring, like, it's Superman, Batman, Flash, actual heroes, Wonder Woman. So I'm guessing that's who these words are supposed to be. But looking at it, no clue how you decode that. No. <laughs> I kind of assumed it was referring to these new supervillains, but even that doesn't make sense, like, unless you're doing it backwards, because there's, like, yeah. three-letter words at the beginning, but no three-letter words at the end, so it couldn't be, like, Poison Ivy. It's backwards. Oh, wait a minute here. Let's let's go, because if you go uh, that C-L-O-P-D-J-C-L, that could be Ang Angle Man, right? Just backwards? Like, if you put, <laughs> like, the C-L-O could be Man. Okay. So, but again... QQTGJ, five letters. Who, uh, like, five letters doesn't fit any of those villains. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, if, yeah, I think if C is, the, I think C is the letter N and you go backwards. That could be Angle Man. 
And then if you look at the NYX C T I X T A, if that was if that C is also an N, that could be poison ivy. Okay, I think we're on to something here. But what is Q Q? So, so the T would be uh, rod. I, oh, it's back. Yeah, there you go. It's backwards. <laughs> How about that, Jank? You cracked the yeah. code. Hey, look at that. We didn't have to send anybody anything. <laughs> so P-G-X-Z-A-A-L-I, that would be uh, Star Sapphire. Yeah, the A's are P's. Yep, 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 yep. yep. We did it, Jake. Oh, makes sense. All right, yeah. Take that, Funky Flash, man. <laughs> you nothing on us, Funky Flash, man. Saw <laughs> that in real time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, uh, 11-year-olds are smarter than us. We figured it out. <laughs> All right. Like Ralphie in a Christmas story. Working out that oval mystery. <laughs> so there it is, the Secret Society of Supervillains. And again, Jerry Conway's the writer here. This was horribly written, right? Just horribly <laughs> Yeah. Just, yeah, from a plotting standpoint, it was like, why did there need to be four chapters? What really happened here? I mean, they were all going on different missions that didn't – it's like one group was going after these treasures. So you think the other group would be going after those treasures as well. But, no, they're just trying to kidnap a super-powered girlfriend of, of a superhero yeah. for some reason. And we don't even see her then. You know, like when they show up at that lot to get the items, Jean Loring's yeah. not there. So what happened to Jean Loring? Even like so, even at this hideout, you know, there's still no Gene Loring. So I don't know what that was about at all. Oh. And you think you would just focus on those items? Like if that's the gimmick you're doing, you've got to chase down yep. these items. Just focus on that, and then make actually recovering these items interesting. Because yes. they that, <laughs> have they actual just, obstacles. <laughs> like literally, all they did there was one panel that showed that drill ship flying through Star Labs, and that's where they got the cloak of invisibility or whatever. Like we, yeah. that's it. So they it's just kind of like that demon issue where he just had to like spit on a wall and pull the book out. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't really that intense. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's make it a little more interesting. And then make Captain little, Comet, yeah, like, she just got pummeled twice. <laughs> like, and again, in the wrestling business, that's not how you make a baby face look strong, you know? Just getting oh. hammered here. Well, I guess in a book about the villains, you got to have somebody that they can win against. So, <laughs> so that's why they picked Captain Comet. They're Captain like, well, Comet, you're up. <laughs> Let's go. And the ending, the whole epilogue just seems stupid. Unless they've been building up to this over the previous issues where they ran into these other villains and, you know, you thought maybe, you know, Gorilla Grab was up to something. Otherwise, you just throw this in randomly. It's like, oh, he suddenly talked to all these villains and got them to come aboard and take over from you, Funky Flash Man. Like, that's just a terrible epilogue. Like, why throw that into well, the last couple of panels? I, I guess maybe because they did have a lot more members early on. So I guess they've been falling off. And then we see the creeper leave, although it doesn't seem like anyone else knows. And then if the wizard got arrested, but you, there should have been something like, man, we're running out of members. We really need to get some more members in here or something. <laughs> could be the next issue. Like, oh, what do we do? We need a pledge yeah. drive. got to go recruiting. But nope, <laughs> it's just next panel, bang, whole new team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very strange. I don't. I didn't understand what they were doing with this whole thing. But hey, you know what? We did understand that code. That. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So yeah, this is terrible. Like Jerry Conway, man. I don't know. I liked his stuff when he was nineteen on Spider Man. <laughs> that stuff must have been all the cocaine. Like he got a hold of that. 
Lost all his talent. I don't know. No, man, I can't think of like one good Jerry Conway book we read here in this four years of this. Like it's hard, man. Like we've done so many, and every time we read one, it's like this is a mess. Yeah. Um, all right, Dick Ayers, the artist. He's a Silver Age artist, and it shows, right? Yep. Oh God, yeah. That's what this whole thing felt like to me. <laughs> it was like even like. We did uh, we did that Iron Fist book, which wasn't very good. It was pretty bland and, you know, kind of reminded me of like, oh, yeah, the Meachams and all that bullshit. But uh, <laughs> at least it felt like a, what I think of as a comic book, whereas this totally, from the writing and art perspective, did not. This felt very Silver Age or even Golden Age. Yeah, one of the ways, like Silver Age art, like what do we mean by that? Like the panels, uh, the construction, big panels, like maybe like four panels a page a lot of times. Just like the the perspective on the panels, mid range, like level perspectives, all a lot of the times, nothing too dynamic. So yeah, using any kind of weird pose, the faces kind of look weird and <laughs> they don't quite fit. Yeah, very simple. I guess now, he we, draws a Sunny Bono, but other than that, <laughs> <laughs> we did. Uh, I liked when he had Gorilla Grodd swing Captain Comet into the uh, mountain. That was cool. But uh, we did Dick Ayers before on this show. A couple of times, uh, I know the one was the Invaders. If you go back and read the Invader, you weren't here, Jank. This was pre-Jank. This was <laughs> years back. Yeah. But uh, so that was something. Yeah, not a huge fan of the art. If you like Silver Age art, you'll love this. Yeah, so it'll definitely take you back to those days for sure. <laughs> Again, this is you know when Marvel was doing so many other things. Like Chris Claremont was doing great things with the X Men by this time. And yeah, that is the, the this over at DC. <laughs> <laughs> that is the craziest thing about DC. When we go back and read like late seventies DC, early eighties, it's like yeah. like Batman was still so like childlike and just like nonsensical. And then you have like Daredevil, Frank Miller going on over at Marvel, and yeah, man, it was just crazy. So yeah, it's it's so weird that they were so far behind in that one for so long. But yeah, eventually yeah. I guess they got there. But if I had to guess, probably because fellas like Carmine Infantino were running the show. Like silver agey guys who are still clinging to, you know, Stan Lee, Funky Flash Man. He he adapted with the times, you know. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> he catered to the college kids, and it paid off. All right, mm-hmm. so uh, what do you say? One out of ten, Secret Society of Supervillains. Ooh, um, I think just from a, a pure entertainment standpoint, I gotta give it only a two. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I hear you. It, it, well, it was easy. It was a light read. Like it didn't seem like it took forever because it just didn't seem like anything was actually happening. <laughs> yes, you know, yes, it was. It was light in that regard, but yeah, it just was not not a very good time. Yeah, the plot's a mess. <laughs> I don't know. The characters really don't do anything of any importance or of anything interesting. But it does have a yeah. big monkey. So <laughs> yep. Any book with a big monkey always gets at least <laughs> a three from me, so I'll give it a three. Can't go. I think I'm giving monkeys. it a two only because it had Uncle Bubble. <laughs> yeah, not not a good book. Just a train wreck. Yeah. Won't be reading any more of these. No, not until we get really out of books. <laughs> Remember that Marvel uh, supervillain team-up we did with uh, Doctor Doom and Red Skull fighting on the moon? Ooh. That was awesome. Yeah. That was great. That was so much more fun than this. <laughs> this not so much. All right, Jake, uh, try to top that next week. What do you got? <laughs> oh, how can I? Uh, well, I'm going to try to rectify a huge injustice. 
I've been on this show officially uh, taking over for for Mike L uh, for a year now. Wow. And I was on the man. show many times before then. And somehow I have never been here for a new universe book. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mike L and I used to hit the new universe pretty hard. <laughs> yep. Yep. Somehow I missed all of those. So I figured it was about time to pick a new universe book. Uh, so I'm going to go with Justice number 20. Issue 20 of Justice. <laughs> wow, Justice lasted 20 issues? <laughs> yeah, I think it made it like 30 or so. That's rarefied error for the new universe. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> There's a few new universe titles we still haven't done. Uh, Justice is one of them. Uh, Psy Force is another. Yep. And what's the one about the sleeping guy or the uh, like night Night mask? Night yeah. mask. There it is. <laughs> yeah, night mask. Put your night mask on to sleep. So there it is. What is this? Eighty-seven? Is that new universe? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I think it started in eighty-six. It's probably eighty-seven by the time this this issue came around. This one, uh, Justice goes to a concert, a benefit concert for the you know destroyed city of Pittsburgh after the whole pit incident. <laughs> oh no. <Yeah. laughs> and again, uh, the reason they destroyed Pittsburgh was because that's where Jim Shooter was from. Yep. <laughs> Man, they hated Jim Shooter. Everyone ever. He sure him. did. <laughs> we gotta wipe out any record of his birth. <laughs> so, Justice, I don't know too much about Justice. I think he's some sort of alien bounty hunter or something, right? <laughs> uh, from what I, I think he was a cop who, you know, got powers in the white event and then decided just to take it into his own hands to judge everybody else who had powers and see if they were worthy of living or not. <laughs> oh, wow. Sounds like a real jerk. <laughs> like, are you using your powers right or not? Because if yeah. not, I'm going to take you out. Wow. All right. Well, we'll learn all about them next week. Justice yeah. Issue 20, Marvel New Universe. All right. Well, uh, thanks to Jack. Thanks to everybody. Again, please like and subscribe on the uh, YouTube channel. And until next week, don't get any jank on you. <laughs>